0: Welcome to Between Sundays, I'm Tyler, and we're living the good life. Today we're talking money, and stewardship, and icebergs, and squash. Tamaris is here specifically to not ask you for more money, but before we determine God owns it all, now that she's finished surrendering her elephants and oak trees, let's welcome in our favorite tightwad, Marin. (laughs) Good day. So appropriate. (laughs) Tim, welcome.
1: Yeah, that was really, uh, you know, I I know one person listened halfway. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's always interesting when I'm sitting
0: in service trying to write the intro and then I look at it three days later and I'm like, I don't remember, I don't remember what that meant. Like I I, I had to edit it quite a bit because I was like, I don't remember those references, but these, these are stand the test of time. Elephants and oak trees. Tightwad. And you're the tightwad.
2: Yes, I am.
0: Guys, Indeed. what's new? Tim, two weeks in a row. Oh, yeah. Well, the other was... Yeah, last last week we didn't do like a normal version. I encourage you, if you have not listened to it, to go back and listen to the special episode recorded with Tim last week about the history of Grace and I Dave Rod. and
1: I'm I'm sorry, Tyler. I didn't even know that you'd released it to yep. the public. It's I just, out. I, didn't, I knew there was going to be a lag, but I didn't know that it was going to be out.
0: Yeah. There we go. Well, I decided, I, I was wondering, should we keep it or Barry wasn't here? I had like this weird vertigo thing going on last yeah. week. So I was just like, we're Whoa. not going to do a normal version. Let's just kick this out. Did the Doritos help? <laughs> Marin brought me Doritos to help. <laughs> no, it didn't. Enough about me. <laughs> What's did, going I, on with you guys? Did they
2: figure out or did you figure out? No, like, I just
0: have low blood pressure sometimes and I feel right. dizzy. Doritos. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Marin? What's new? Tyler? What? Well, actually, new?
0: wait. No Barry. Let's talk That's about that new. first. That, I, uh, he's, is she in Florida? He's in Florida. We wish him I well. He's exactly been off for where he is, what feels yeah. like three and a half weeks. It's only been a week. <laughs> it's yeah. only been a week. But uh, man, he's living the, the high life. He's living the good life down in Florida right now with his family and his nephew. And mm-hmm. man, I talked to him a little bit today and it sounds like. They're just relaxing. So that's, that's great. Awesome. He's with Dave and that's they great. get to do that together. So that's awesome. Uh, but what's going on with you, Maren? What's going on? What's happening?
2: Um, What is happening? Lots. There's. I feel like there's a lot that is coming up. Like, like what? Very quickly. So I'm supposed to go see my grandma this weekend for her 94th, I want to say, birthday. Mm. I missed Whoa. it last year. That was... My family still talks about how I missed it last year. So I'm trying not to miss it this year. So that'll be Saturday. But of course I've got rehearsal Thursday night and then. So what happens for uh, 94 year birthday? I think we're just going to do lunch. We have done themed parties. The last big party I went to for her birthday was I wanna say two years ago, she had like a roaring twenties themed I party. I was gonna
1: ask you about that. My yeah. grandma had a flapper thing. Yeah. yeah.
2: That was pretty awesome. They yeah, depending on who is throwing the party, it's either over the top or super low key. And this year my uncle is throwing the party and therefore it is super low yeah. key. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah.
0: So that's coming up. Uh you told me before we started that you scheduled your first Oh, time off. Oh, my God. In gosh. two and a half years of being at Grace. Yes.
2: My first full week off. I, I did it. I did it.
0: Well, you haven't done it yet. I'm you about just to do it, it in October.
2: <laughs> yes. Yay.
0: Yay. Uh, yeah. Any plans? What are we doing?
2: Just talking to Jed about that yesterday. Um, it's the kids' fall break, so it'll be perfect. The kids will be off. Jed will be off. Camping? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Have we met?
0: No, you're not not into it, into that.
2: Mm, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. We'll we'll figure something out. I talked about maybe taking a trip to Chicago where we could just like see our old friends and spend oh, a yeah. whole week kind of catching up with you know just friends and family that we've been missing for a long time, or possibly going and visiting other relatives in Florida. You know, yeah, be a, quite, beach, quite the getaway. So we'll see. Disney. We don't know yet. I don't think we're doing Disney. No? No. <laughs> I don't think so. Again, this this one-week vacation is coming up in about a, less than a month.
0: All right. So. Well, you can, there's still time. You can plan for it. Yes. Tim, what's up with you?
1: Um, I'm trying to think. Um, not that anybody cares, but I think I got one and a half miles out of the bike in the last few months. If you remember, I said I needed two. Yes. Ooh, I, I do yeah. remember that. Uh, David Fox and I rode on Sunday and- so, refresh Let's everybody for what that means. Say, well, it just means that I needed about two miles an hour more to ride with some people. But
0: yeah, you're riding with a group, and you got to up your speed.
1: Yeah, they humiliated me then. <laughs> and then my son humiliated me this summer in Michigan when we were up there riding the hills around Boyne City. Yeah. You know, yeah, you were a Boyne City I was City up guy. there a
0: couple weeks, months ago.
1: Yeah, and uh, he decided... That without reference to any hill, I guess you'd call it hills, length or, um, what do you, um, now my mind went blank. It's how steep it is. What do they call that? It's slope? slope. Slope, yeah, or whatever. It's whatever the angle is. He would never drop below 13 and a half miles an hour. Now, I know that doesn't sound very fast, but when the, when the hill is two miles long at 11%, oh 13 and a half miles an hour is uh, really fast.
0: Speaking of Boyne City, I rode my bike to the ice cream shop and on the way home, it was like uphill for about 20 seconds and I had to get off <laughs> and walk it up the rest of the hill.
1: I definitely can't keep 13 miles. But did you come out of Boyne City on the backside and head? Yeah. I mean, did any hill, any road out of Boyne City is straight up Yeah, and we ride those a couple of those every day good oh for you yeah, and just gracious. and he's just a terror but the end result is that um well there was humiliation involved but the end result is that i've come home motivated yeah i'd say motivated is a nice word but <laughs> david fox and i yeah. went out and rode sunday and we rode really fast so now, were i'm not you- going to talk about it time-wise <laughs> but he even said he had to earn it and he's kind of a stud yeah so um are you like super competitive
0: um by like in your nature or does it take something like humiliation too no
1: because i I would
2: think like i'd just be proud of my son like i don't know that i would be humiliated
1: oh no
3: no
1: i would think like wow oh yeah i'm thinking wow wow, yeah but it's i'm riding with him and the last thing i want to have him have to do is wait for me
2: ah No, and he had to wait for me. He had to
1: wait for me one time, and the hill caught me off guard. It didn't catch him off guard, apparently. Mm. And um, I said, "Never again." (laughs) (laughs) So So you got your mile and a half. Yeah, but I need two. I don't know that the two is possible. And probably by now, all those dudes I want to ride with are going three miles an hour faster. So
0: well, so what do you? What did you? What do you do? Like, is there a bird's eye view of what? What do you do? Is it just writing more or what are you doing to yeah, tr- how do get, you get that, that quick, mileage back? quickness?
1: It has to do with uh, tempo and gears, the gears you're writing in all the time. It has to do with interval work. I've been doing a lot of hill and interval work and it, it has to do with pacing and watching your power meters and things like that. I mean, it's pretty complicated.
2: Do you have a gym membership, or do you do this all outdoors on an actual? Bike? I have a
1: gym membership because I go and lift two to three times a week in the morning at five o'clock. Now I haven't this summer, and Me I went. Too. I went back. <laughs> I went back um, just the other day, having been gone for a few months, and it's it's kind of cool because usually nobody speaks. At five in the morning? (laughs) Yes, of course. Or they just kind of nod. And (laughs) I had not been there for a couple of months. And it was interesting because these dudes, they're all dudes, came over to me and were like fist pumping me going how many thousand miles did you get in while you've been gone? Because they have, must have known from the talk
2: oh. that
1: I'm a cyclist.
2: Your reputation precedes you. Mm-hmm.
1: And, yeah, and I'm, all, I'm the oldest guy there, too. So it's like they're all worried I'm going to kick while I'm... <laughs> <dead>. <laughs> you know, I come in and they get the defibrillator out just in case. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but, yeah, so... I don't ride, I ride indoors as infrequently as possible. I have a bike with, a, I have one of those racks that you put your bike on. Cause it's not the
0: same, right? No. Can't, can't simulate and, all that.
1: No. We are thinking about, though, I just not been, <clears throat> speaking of finances, I just can't bring <laughs> myself to buy a smart TV just to put <laughs> by my bike in the winter so I can watch, cause you can wa- ride with people. Right. On screens <laughs> and try to keep up with them.
2: I've tried that. It makes me dizzy. Really? Yeah. Like it's a little disorienting.
1: Well, I suppose if you were to ride in a Peloton with like at 24 miles an hour with three inches off the back of somebody's wheel for miles and miles, you know, and that that gives you the basic mm-hmm. sense of it. And that's what it, I'm so used to write up on somebody, mm-hmm. but I understand why that would be. It's just different. Until this weekend, that is yeah.
0: exactly why I would buy a smart TV
2: to ride a bike. in No,
0: it? if I, if there was like one thing that I I thought you know that'd be cool to have. All right, let's go get it. Well, <laughs> <clears throat> but not not after this weekend.
1: Nope. Yeah, I my my wife um, will ride a lot more in the winter, and she has a really cool indoor bike. And I think if I were, I mean, I would. I'm the kind of guy that. I would live without a television my whole life just because I'm somewhat cheap. But <laughs> she, if she says she would like that, then I would. My heart would be. I need to find a way to do that for her. Yeah. And so that may happen because she's been. And since I told you some time ago, I'm sure that we got the e bike. Yes. Yep. Last week, butt kicking is the word, man. She just <laughs> took me out, and I had to say, settle down. <laughs> She was going so fast. Settle down. <laughs> and I I love it. I love it. Because that bike has just changed the world. That's her. really awesome. I'd, I'd yeah. love to try that out one day. Well, just come over. I mean, come on. It's really, it's yeah, like, it, just come over. And, you know, we uh, right across the street from us is that closed neighborhood with uh-huh. a circle. And I guarantee you, you will go around it one time and you'll be having messages to your husband immediately about what's important. <laughs> in Buy that. me this yes. bike. Yeah.
2: I love riding bikes. I really do. So I've been going to the chiropractor twice a week for the last like, oh, yeah, three back. or four
0: weeks. What's up mm-hmm. with that? So
2: that's, yeah, it's not great. My back is Where's on it? the mend, well, right, off I suppose.
1: Offline, we'll talk about yeah. where.
2: <laughs> I, I, yeah. I keep re-injuring myself. I, I feel mm. like I've talked to your wife about this maybe last year when we were, Tyler and I were taking right. turns throwing our back out yeah, last year. Not good. It's my turn. Um, but yeah, chiropractor is new. I, I had not done anything like this before. But it's going well. I look at my bike in my garage every day when I come home and I just think about like, oh, um, I wonder I wonder when I'll be able to ride that again.
0: Yeah. Next year. Next year. <laughs> uh guys, I have some news. So I think I've talked about that Lauren's pregnant mm-hmm. on, on mm-hmm. the well. I think I have. Uh, if you haven't listened to that, Lauren's pregnant with our second child. <laughs> um And today was our doctor appointment. We're going to find out boy or girl. And so Lauren's already posted this online, so it's okay for me to talk about. But we found out we're having our second boy.
2: Yay! Yay! Yay.
0: Yeah, so we're really excited. Uh, We brought Milo to the doctor's appointment. And for some weird reason, he likes the doctor. Like, he was excited to go to a doctor office this morning and... He, you know, she lays up there and they do the gel on the belly thing with the thing. Ultrasound.
2: (laughs) I I do believe it's called an ultrasound. Well, it's it's like
0: a, it looks like a electric razor almost, (laughs) but they just like rub it on her stomach and ultrasound. He's watching this happen and he's like, okay, my turn. And so, uh, we let him sit on the, on the bed. And we didn't turn the thing on, but the doctor came in and he did the, he made Milo believe that w- there was a baby in his belly Nuh-uh. and like we're doing the ultrasound on him. <laughs> oh,
1: God. And he was, he was pumped. He what? loved it. And now, and he's now been scarred he's for now, life. <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> yeah. Very I like confused.
0: Deep memory yeah. of it. it like just was, just uh, yeah. Cheerios and milk in there.
2: So do you have names picked out?
0: Yeah, we do. I think, I mean, I think we do. So I don't think it's a secret.
2: What if it is? Don't say so it. So just because I don't think yeah, it is, the boy's it.
0: name will be Lane. <laughs> Lane. Yeah, Lane. It's a family name of hers. Hmm. Um, her like mother's maiden name is Lane, and her grandfather's name, obviously, is they call she calls him Papa Lane, and so it's really important uh, to her that we do that. And yeah. I came around on it, uh, and so that's what it'll be. But
2: first name, not middle name.
0: Correct. So it'll be Lane. I don't even know what the middle name will be. Do
2: you and your wife, this is now the second human being that you've had to bestow a name upon. (laughs) Do you come to this easily?
0: No. There have been many tears. Uh, We have been settled on if it's a girl, if it's ever a girl, we know exactly what we're doing. The boy, no. It, there's been many tears. There's been arguments. There's been doors slammed. There's been naming really? a human. Oh, is very hard. Yeah. Wow. It's yeah. hard to do because it, she she's been on lane the whole time, and I had to come around to it. Uh, and for a while, I was just like, "No, that's not that's not family it for
2: me. names. Like they're incredibly important. So yeah. Jaden's middle name is Joaquin after my grandfather. Yeah, I just didn't think that." I could get away with giving Jaden the first name of Joaquin.
3: <laughs> Look a at Jaden. Would no, he make a, a good name.
2: Joaquin? So he's got two. He's Jaden. <laughs> no. Jaden Jamar Joaquin. That's his name. Wow. Four names? Wow. Jaden Jamar Joaquin Gaffron. Just Whoa. rolls off the tongue. Damn. I wanted to spell <laughs> Jed is gonna laugh that I'm sharing this on the podcast. I wanted to spell his name J E I G H D O N.
0: What is wrong with you?
2: <laughs> Wait. Like like phonetically, like slay. Like slay. J-E-I-G-H-D-O-N, Jaden. Why did you want to do that? I mean, it was
1: just out of the box. Do you (laughs) want him to never have a girlfriend? (laughs) Yeah. Like, do you want him to be beat up in the shower (laughs) in junior
3: high? (laughs) Man. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: oh, my goodness. Yeah. Thank God for Jed. Yeah, He threw his body in the way of...
2: He did. He did, and they never let me live that down.
0: Wow. Uh, Tim, yep. you kicked off a new sermon series we're doing at Grace uh-huh. Church called The Good Life, and this is going to be an ongoing series. Uh, the The topic may be different, but the series will be, will be the same, which, by the way, before we get there, are you guys... Uh are you guys allergies going crazy? Wow. <laughs> I was about wow. to sneeze like okay. in there. Do you need a minute? Are you no, are you guys like I'm fine. Are you experiencing the allergy thing? I I've am. had allergies all day. No, mm-hmm. I'm
1: not I don't have any allergies. No. I, no. All
0: right. Never mind. Uh so the good life and then this this four week period, we are the topic the topic is contentment and we're focusing on financial contentment specifically. Right. In a couple months we'll focus on a different topic, but Right now uh, you kicked off the the sermon series mm-hmm. and talking about stewardship and so I would love for anybody who may have missed it or has not seen it yet if you could give them a quick uh, big idea or synopsis of what you talked about this past weekend.
1: I think the primary primary point was that we did talk about I did talk about some practical aspects of financial life, but I think the main thing is that to be a steward implies that you're a steward of someone, something, or you're taking care of someone, something. And that the fact that we're considered to be stewards or called to be stewards by God of what he has given to us is an honor as opposed to an odious um, task. And I really was pushing to try to get people to see that whenever we're doing whatever we need to do to show that we're being careful with all that God blesses us with that it's a gr- a good thing that we've been and I keep using the word honored but it is an honor it's an appointment mm-hmm. that it's an appointment that we should see as showing great favor towards us and that changes the tone of mm-hmm. the way we think about it the the whole point of being a steward you have to start by thinking that God owns everything because if, because if not everything that we have belongs to God, then we're only a steward of just a bit of it. Yeah. And we could argue forever about which bit we're stewarding. And, um, if you, if you can come to a conclusion that God is, he is the author and owner of all things and that what we have is something gracious, graciously given to us, then, the stewardship of that stuff suddenly becomes something that we're, we should wear with pride that we've been given this great opportunity as opposed to the other direction, which was the way that I was brought up was that you were supposed to be really cheap with it. Yeah. Yeah. That stewardship really meant never spending Withholding any, it. Withholding yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So the way I was brought up,
0: uh, it, it always confused me how God could own the money that in my mind I worked for, mm. right? You know, earned. Can we talk about that for just a minute? Like when we say God owns it all, just dumb it down for me. How does God own my money or the money that I have? Do you know what I mean? Is it because he's given me the gifts and the skills to do the job that I do? And,
1: Right, he's made it. He's made it possible by working in the details of your life to make just having it at all possible. And every, I thought about this a whole bunch before. I, while I was thinking about the sermon, I couldn't figure out anything that if you don't, if you take it back to its initial beginning, everything, like even this microphone in front of my face and the cover on it, somehow goes back to God's initial creation. Yeah, you said that. And I'd love to hear what you mean. Break it down. <clears throat> well, the the ingenuity, the creativity and the power to be able to think in these terms is part of the fact that we're created by God in his image and we can think in these ways, mm-hmm. creative ways. And the materials that these are made out of all come from something that he initially created for us to steward. There's nothing about any of this. I mean, the, the cover on the microphone might be an oil product, but what, how do we, what's oil? Right. Mean, you know, yeah. And so we, and even our, I was going to say this in the sermon, but I didn't, I was going to say even our ability to create means of wealth or financial gain that has nothing to do with anything other than just thought processes or the trading of very intangible like stock trades and things mm-hmm. like that. Even that just the ability to think of that is a gift. And because God could have easily created us just slightly above oh dolphins. Yeah. And and we don't see dol I mean, dolphins are smart, but dolphins are not doing what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Because he created us very differently. And a little just above everything, so that we're actually very different. And he he is the beginner or the starter, if you will, of everything everywhere, if you really think about it. yeah, yeah. And so he has a claim in everything. Hmm. I think he finds great <clears throat> joy in watching that which we do and what we can do when it is positive. Using his creation for po- in positive ends. I think he's he finds mm. joy in that because otherwise he wouldn't have created us to be creative. But he also wanted us to to look at everything that we've been given as something that comes out of the the goodness of his heart, if you yeah. know. and to because he could have just put us in, in and never given us any responsibility. Mm-hmm. He could have. And he didn't. He gave us responsibility. It's very. I think it's it. It is an intangible concept that's hard. For, I mean, I, I struggle with it. Yeah. And and the other aspect that gets in the way is that we have been taught to tithe.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: That a tenth of what we have belongs to the Lord, and so it's really hard to think about the other ninety percent. If you tithe, <laughs> then you got ninety percent. Yeah, that's his,
0: us. and everything else is mine.
1: But we have long ago lost the concept of why why the tithe and Mm. all that stuff. Mm.
0: Back on the idea of contentment, you kind of started off with the MSNBC poll that had a lot of discouraging stats about the current reflection of modern day contentment when it comes to finances. Like we are not in good shape. Contentment does not rise to the top when it comes to finances. Let's just say that, right? Right. Uh, So I did a little bit more digging just in our own backyard for, for this show. And, uh, I did a, did a, a scan of about 10 mile radius of the 146th street campus. And here's some, here's some things I found. So the 10 mile scan goes from like Westfield to Noblesville, to Fishers, to Broad Ripple, to Carmel. Okay. So in that, in that scope, uh, 47,500 people are in debt of $70,000 or more.
1: Does that include their houses? Uh, no. Okay, because that's a. I mean, it's like if that, that statistic yeah, that, is really different if it does does or right, doesn't right. include their houses. Wow. Uh,
0: over seventeen thousand households in this radius have declared bankruptcy. Over thirty thousand people qualify for Medicaid or likely have no medical medical insurance in this radius. Mm. In ten mile within ten miles of Grace, thirty thousand people. Uh, 40, 41,295 people in a 10 mile radius have a net worth of $0 or
1: less. Wait, how many? 41,000. Wow. That's shocking. That is, that's a. Yeah. So I suppose, I suppose if you took, if you're, if you're renting your home. And you took the value of everything you own and compared it to that, which you owe, yeah. which could mm-hmm. be from also, I can see how that would happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have to think about that. Cause it's just like way. Yeah. off my. That's, I can see how that would be, but mm-hmm. it's way off my radar. So yeah. I don't think like that.
0: And like, I have the tendency to hear MSNBC and be like, well, that's something MSNBC poll that, I mean, I, I'm part of those demographics for sure. But like, when I bring it home and I'm surrounded by these types of numbers, it's like contentment is not a thing and people are stressed out about their financial situation. And so that's a little more context for what what you had to talk about.
2: And for why, why we would pick a sermon series like this.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. That's absolutely the case. We know that if those numbers are true, then we should, uh, it would be if we were, if they all came, we'd be in trouble. But if they knew that we were offering some hope in those moments, Mm. yeah, because that's really what it's about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I offer hope. Yeah. Um,
0: and so, I have a couple of questions about just about stewardship. But did anything about the sermon stick out to you, Marin, in terms of what you heard Tim talking about, or what what this uh, sermon series is kind of talking about? Anything stand out to you?
2: I think the first thing is just a question about the word steward. Or stewardship. Again, I think a lot now as a mother of two teenagers, as they sit in the sanctuary across from me, they don't sit with me with me anymore. As they sit with all their teenage friends, I wonder I wonder, does this word get used anywhere else? Is it one of those words I just watched some comedy bit a couple nights ago about how we don't use the word company anymore? Like our parents used to say, Oh, we've got company coming over. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, have you seen that? Anyway, there are no, there are words that we true. that we lose. Right. And I wonder I wonder if the word stewardship is one of those words. I talk to my kids every Sunday after service. I try to do it as closely to the end of service as I can, otherwise their brains just get washed of yeah. whatever they just heard and and I love to hear what they connect with. I love to hear what what they don't connect with. I love to hear what was over their heads and what I got from both of my kids was God owns it all. They had that on the tip of their tongues. And if that's what they take away from this message, that is more than
1: enough. Absolutely. I would I would be just thankful that that's what they... I'm looking up steward in a Greek.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, and it sounds like to the ancient people, at least reading this back in the day, it's like steward was a high honor. And now it's gone from that to like, we don't even... Talk about it. Well, and it almost
2: seems like a like what Tim was saying, like an obligatory negative thing. Like, oh, yeah. I have to take care of this, <laughs> right. you know. In instead of a high honor, and I know the the Bible stories, like what is it, um, Joseph? Joseph. You know, and I, I get that. Wow, you were thrown in a pit, then you were imprisoned for a while, you know, yeah, a long while. And then you were raised to a high place and the king put you in charge over his resources. I I get those stories and why that would be an honor. And that is one of the things that stuck out to me personally of like, oh, wow, I'm already in a position of high honor without having to be thrown in prison for years or, or go down to a pit like God has already placed that honorable, like mantle, if you will, Christian yeah. word, upon me to be in charge of his great wealth,
1: hmm.
2: whatever that is.
1: Right. I, I th- the word is oikonomos for steward, and the the Greek word is in. That's the word that's translated steward, and it's an it is actually, I think, a King James word that we're stuck with. Mm. Um. But oikonomos oik. All the, it just all sounds the, like Greek yogurt. That is... uh word, Well, it means home. Yeah. House. And so the steward is actually the house manager. And I think that's way cooler because when God created the world, he was creating his home. Mm. And his intention was to live with us. Mm-hmm. And the second chapter of Genesis is when he's actually creating this the literal space that he's going to live in the big garden around the space where he will live and names adam and eve as particular caretakers of his property his home and so if we think about it in those terms because then then like it's different than saying god has like two gazillion dollars in the bank and we're supposed to invest it because everybody else goes back to the investment thing. So we can make God richer. He's not getting any well, richer. Is
2: that because the parable of the talents?
1: Yeah, but I don't know that the parable of the talents had anything particular to do with our ongoing task of caring, being, for. caring mm-hmm. for the, his, his home broadly. Mm. But yeah, steward is a rough word for us to get our arms around it. They arms around because we don't use it.
2: Right. Right. I'm trying to think of where else in society would that word be used
1: well, on a regular basis. It might be if you're a wealthy person and you have a personal assistant who oversees your running your house and pays your bills and make sure your laundry gets picked up and stuff. like That might be about as close as we could come mm-hmm. hmm. um, because we just don't have. I mean, we divide that up. I remember when I was a landscaper, there was a person who was the property manager for some really rich dude here in Indianapolis who had a great big estate. And I worked on that estate and I dealt with the property manager.
2: So we and, just have different words for that yeah, concept. Yeah, we have
1: different words for that concept. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So if if God owns everything and I am, or we are just to be stewards, What does he want us to do with all that stuff? Like, what does he want us to do with the stuff we're stewarding?
1: I think he wants us to take care of it in a manner that uh, makes it flourish and do what he asked, what he commanded. He commanded the creation to be fruitful and to multiply and to fill the earth because he wanted us to, he wanted it to all the beauty to be everywhere. Mm. And that our job is to make sure that it can do that and that we do it in a manner that we too find great joy in it. Hmm. I think that's what it's about. I know yeah. because God is not stingy. He's not yeah. stingy. And he's not um I think that and I think the part of the reason that his initial command was for people to multiply and spread out and to move away from where they were initially was because he wanted us to be able to somehow all of us together to enjoy all the vast myriads of diversity of the world that he created. Yeah. And and so he, he didn't want us he didn't want mankind to herd up, but he wanted them to spread out because he wanted us to take care of it and then, and find great joy in it. Because here's the thing, he does not call us his stewards. He calls us his children, which means it is our inheritance as well, and so that that changes everything. We are not employees; yeah, mm. we're children, we're sons and daughters, and so that changes it.
0: I am glad you brought that up because uh, it's easy for me to just associate the word stewardship with money, and I know that's not all we're talking about because you said everything. God owns everything, but so it's easy for me to just associate that with money stewardship. But as I'm thinking about this, I think about this almost every night I put our son Milo to bed. Like this is, he is a child of God. I am just here to take care of Mm -hmm. a child of God. I'm here to steward Milo's health and help him flourish. He is not mine, Mm -hmm. you know? And I don't know what you guys think about that, but I've, I've Mm -hmm. learned to adopt that point of view because Milo is God's child. God has blessed me to be his earthly father and that and and so it makes a lot more sense when I'm thinking about stewardship that way mm-hmm. than just the the tangible uh stuff I have you know what I mean mm-hmm. and so I' was thinking about are there other things that are not financially related that we use the word stewardship and creation obviously mm-hmm. is another one but but people our children are are an example is that right?
1: I think so. I think my calling has been to be a steward of the people of the congregation that God yeah. has given me this responsibility. For. I think I see that. I think about that all the time. I think about it in terms of how I spend my time. Yeah. And um, and whether or not what I say in a public setting actually helps them to be fruitful. Mm. Yeah. So.
2: I think I, I, I understood the stewardship of my parenthood, the stewardship of Jaden and Desi when I dedicated them
0: when they were babies. Yeah, exactly.
2: But I feel like what you just said was like, oh, wow, that is a concept that I must revisit again and again Mm. because they're getting older. I'm getting sadder. I'm about to (laughs) relinquish or not relinquish, but like, let them go, you know, out into the world. Desi, Desi took a a job application. Whoa. The other day, that girl wants to start working with the quickness. Like she just (laughs) is ready to be responsible. What does she want
1: to do? Anything that
2: makes her money. I mean, so from the well, I think is her dream job right now. She wants to work at a coffee shop. She's volunteered here at Grace's coffee shop. Um,
0: That doesn't pay well, though.
2: (laughs) She's volunteered here, but it's where she learned to love the hub and the noise and the busyness. And she just really liked doing that kind of work. So, yeah, she's 14. She's really not old enough to be hired anywhere, but she is so ready to do that. And I feel like I need to put them again at the altar Mm -hmm. as teenagers and say, "Okay, again, again, I surrender them to you.
0: It's important, I think.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, And the thing that the next step for that is me being thankful. Yes. And so like when I'm thinking, you know, how much of a blessing it is for me to have a son that I get to take care of that is God's child. If I can think that way about money Mm -hmm. or I can think that way about my stuff or- Your house. My house, like, the biggest convicting part of your message, Tim, was like, I'm not thankful enough because if I was a good steward, I would be paying attention to how much God has truly blessed me with. Yeah. And, A, I'm probably not taking care of it the way I that would help it flourish. And, B, I'm not even thankful if in, like, day-to-day operation.
2: Yeah, I don't even know, Tim, how much you camped out on the subject of gratitude, but I came to the same conclusion, Tyler, that you can't separate contentment from gratitude. Yeah. And that if I looked at money differently from a position of gratitude and thankfulness and God owning it all, how would I treat it with more respect? How, how would I change my behaviors when it comes to finances?
1: Yeah, I probably didn't talk about it as much as I could have, but I was limited. I, there were certain things I had to say which were practical.
0: Well, uh, it was your and, third question. You said, right. "How often do I stop and consider the fact that everything I have is a grace, is a graciousness from God?" And my, when you asked that, I was like, "Oh, never." I should be way more thankful, mm-hmm.
1: right? Yeah. Well, I was about to say, I was about to say, I did say one, I did ask one question that was related to it, but I think it, it's always. It's always appropriate to consider how thankful we really are. I know that um, once, because of the system we live in, we can start to feel like we deserve what we have. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah.
0: Um, So back to the questions you asked: four practical questions, or you asked everybody to kind of consider four pr- practical questions right. when we're thinking about stewardship or contentment and. The number one is, am I seriously thinking about how much is enough? And in 2019, headed into 20 in America, like, is it fair to say that our gauge of what is enough is off?
1: Yeah, I'd say so. You know, if you ask everybody what it would take for them to be happy in life, they all almost always say. Exactly twice as much as I'm earning. Yeah. Hmm. Everybody says if I had twice as much, I wouldn't have anything to worry about. And They that don't know.
2: More money, more problems.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: this is a weird story, but my wife and I are antique people. And uh, there was a period of time when uh, <clears throat> stoneware hand painted, uh, stoneware was all the rage. And there was this lady who would always come to these really fancy antique shows. And I'd see her every time because she had this wig that was like <laughs> was about six feet tall. Whoa, beehive. Yeah. I think she kept stoneware up in there. But um, <laughs> yes. uh, but she would buy dozens of these uh, plastic containers to take home her newly purchased stoneware. And she'd get there early and buy it all. And it always just struck me as, I oh, not. she's probably a hoarder, but the point
2: is <laughs> order of antique stoneware, but I, it's <laughs> yeah. like, I know she.
1: it couldn't have been an investment. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was like, she just couldn't get enough stoneware. And <laughs> I know the feeling. Yeah. I, I absolutely do know
2: the feeling it's called fiesta wear. in my world. It's made of stone. It's brightly colored. It's glazed. And I
1: can't get enough.
0: Yeah, that's true. You have a whole like wall <laughs> of fiesta <wear. laughs>
1: Yeah. And it, that that picture of her with her Sherpas carrying out the plastic <laughs> containers to her, her semi to load it up after every antique show it just always makes me think. I mean, it's such an absurd image, but it always makes me think. And we have some of it. we have some next time you're over, I'll show it to you, but it's beautiful stuff and it has, it's very wonderful, but... We probably have about six pieces and they are useful. I don't need 6,000. Yeah. You use them? Yes. Wow.
0: So the question of enough, I'm like, uh, I'm a big failure there. Because as we speak. What? Games. It's because games. I'm not even going to talk about that. (laughs) As we speak, Apple is releasing a new iPhone. Oh boy. As we speak. And since the iPhone was released, this is the the phone I have currently I have had for two years. I've never had a phone for two years. I only have a phone for one year because I'm like, I have to have whatever the next one is. And it come out annually. And so the idea of pausing to consider whether I have enough huh. on a, on the day Apple is releasing its new thing after two years of being like, I'm, I am sacrificing <laughs> by waiting another year. Cause I know I've never done that is like, I I have to, I have to stop at that question. I can't even get to the other three questions because I I have to stop at that question because that's my thing.
2: But that's interesting to hear that coming from you. Like maybe the phone thing, but like you were content with driving your little beat up car. Like, how dare you? I'm serious. You're not always on to like the next big material purchase. I don't see that way unless it pertains to games and maybe I guess phones. I've, known,
1: uh, I've yeah. known people with that way about guitars. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, hey. Hey. I know people that are that way about Test, bi- <laughs> bikes. Just a nerve. Yeah. Bikes. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: I'm not that way with guitars, but hey, Dad, how you doing?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Called out. Shots fired. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not that way with guitars. I'm not that way. I have five. Five. <laughs> five. That's, that's way below the sanity limit. <laughs> yeah. So.
0: Yeah. Uh, So the second question is my life reflecting God's values or the world's values. Uh, The third question, how do, how often do I stop and consider the fact that everything that I have is a graciousness from God? And we kind of talked about that, but uh, question four, how seriously am I really thinking about the responsibility that comes with being God's steward? So what, if we could just cap capsulate that in a few short sentences, like what, what is that responsibility? Is it just to take care of stuff to make it flourish or is there more to it than that?
2: I was talking to my son, um, yesterday after school and we weren't talking about finances. We were talking about like, how can I put this? Like where scripture says, like present your body as a living sacrifice. Right. So like he was asking me kind of heady questions about what he should do with his life or whatever. And, I was telling him, I'm glad that you're asking like mature adults. And we talked about his small group leader and his youth group leader over at the Fisher's campus. You could talk to them about these things as well as talking to your parents. But I encouraged him. You could just talk directly to God. Mm -hmm. Like, why don't you just ask him? And then the conversation ended perfectly with me reminding him that if it is true that God owns it all, that means he owns you and he would love to guide you and lead you into Mm. why he created you and and how he wants you to be a light in in this world. He created a couple months ago, we talked about, um, I think it was in the Psalms when we were reading about the ships of Tarshish and all that other stuff, bringing in the cedar from Lebanon to beautify the temple. You know, I see,
0: I see. You take good notes. Tim, Tim's here. (laughs)
2: I just love Good those notes. words. Um I see stewardship myself other people who who bring their gifts to the house of God like that's stewardship. You're you're beautifying the temple by yeah. giving of your time, your resources, your talent, your I see. So yeah, yeah. I I see stewardship as yes, like being a responsible person who is grateful for what she's been given and wants to hold that all not so much like hold it loosely but just hold it reverently mm-hmm. um, but also like you said with my time and with my talents and everything else if he truly owns it all
1: right I I agree I think that the fact that the, the series is about finances throws us into that mm-hmm. but I think probably I probably spend more time thinking about how I'm using—I don't want to sound like this is going to sound really silly. I'm what I'm doing with my mind, mm. um, like what am I filling it with, and what am I bringing into it? That's because in, you know Jesus Himself said that you know whatever you bring in, whatever is taken into your heart then that's what kind of fruit that's going to come out of it. And I think there's a stewardship of that as well. I just, yeah, I think about that continually not to be up, <coughs> you know, it's, it's like, it's, I'm not, I don't want to be, what's the word? I don't, I don't want to put any governor on things and say, you only can think about this or that, but I try to think about ideas and spend time in those ways just simply because I think it's a better steward of my mind. Mm. And so I would, you know, in the future, I'd love to have the good life arts kind of thing, Mm. or a good life philosophical thought kind of thing. Yeah. You know, it's like, I don't don't know that we are, but it would be wonderful. If nothing else, I'd love to have a, you know, an hour with some people just to talk about it, because I don't, sometimes I feel funny saying that I, for instance, and this is not spiritual at all, but I have four books by my bed. Seamus Haney's collection, full collection of Philip Larkin's full collection of poems, Milton's full, uh, all of Milton's writings, and Robert Frost's collection f- collection of poetry. And I read something from that every night before I go to bed, primarily because I want great, wor- great art and great ideas flowing into me Right before I go to sleep. Now that's just me, but that's a stewardship yeah. that I've, that's a stewardship that I've maintained you for 25 or years. You must have way better
2: dreams than I do. <laughs> well, I don't know
1: that. What do you, dreams-
0: what do you read before bed, Marin?
2: I don't read before bed. <laughs> I scroll through randomness till my eyes burn and I can't take it anymore. Then I fall asleep, but then I have weird dreams. I had the weirdest dream last night. Oh my gosh. I had a dream that I was in my church that I grew up in hanging out by the baptistry and somebody was blasting Iggy pop.
1: That was in <laughs> <been> my dream.
2: <laughs> I doubt
1: that. Whoa. That's you don't dream funny. like that? <laughs> I probably could have a dream like that, but I doubt that it would ever
2: my mind.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of music.
0: Well, first let's wrap this part. <laughs> uh, Tim, thanks for the, the, the sermon. Can,
1: can I just say the one thing that I said something at the nine o'clock hour that I didn't say in the other hours. But the the I talked a little bit about how the culture wants us to to spend money in a manner that it appears that it is effortless, mm. and that has probably been my biggest problem. In that you're you want to be able to run with the big dogs, whichever yeah. whoever they are in your world. And I mentioned in that service that there was a time in my life whenever I would go out to dinner with people. I would always just have them give me the tab and I would pay for it and just say, you guys can all pay me, give us pay me when you get around to it. And this was back when there wasn't any way for people to do it immediately with their phone. Yeah. So you were never getting paid. I was never getting paid. And, but it looked so effortless. effortless. Mm. And I know that the years that I did it the most were the years when my landscape company was going through a drought. Mm. Or going through downturns in the economy, that's and the reason was I never wanted anybody to have any any notion that we might not just be fine, but that I might have to think about something like that. Oh yeah, I'll just I'll just pick it up if you guys get around to it. You know, just yeah. figure out what you think you owe me and just give me some cash. Later. That happens all the time. Yeah, and and that's that's actually a really dangerous thing financially. Yeah. to do, but it's um, but it was also primarily because I just wanted to, to look so effortless. Yeah, we
0: don't want people to think that we are tightwads.
1: Or that we don't have any more, or that we don't have enough to do something like that. Yeah. I mean...
2: Yeah, it gives the appearance of being successful if you yeah. if you seem effortless right. in
1: your spending. Well, the culture makes it effortless effortless for us to spend more than mm-hmm. we should because we just give people a piece of plastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or our wave our phone over or something mm-hmm. and that's effortless, or appears to be mm. that's you know January is like the worst month for depression mm-hmm. and it's almost always connected to one thing mm. that's the bill, the credit card bill that comes from Christmas. I believe it, yeah, yeah, anyway,
0: um so Grace is offering three very tangible opportunities for people, uh, no matter, no matter where you are in your financial state. So Tim was very clear. We don't want this sermon series to be, uh, to make you feel like we're, we're, we're asking for more or more money or anything we want. We want to do, we wanted to do this series because it's clear to us that this is a cultural issue and why, and Tim, you even said it, why would our congregation be any different than all the stats we read and the things that we see people experiencing. And so we should not expect there to be any difference. And so the the help is needed. And so we're offering a couple things that we think would help. One of those things um, is open to sign up right now. We're calling it peer-to-peer financial coaching. There have been people at Grace who have raised their hands, who have felt the call or uh, felt the need to uh, lead other people in, in growing their financial health growing into financial health. And so we have a bunch of people who have said, I want to do this. I want to help lead people. And so they are your peers. They're your fellow congregants at grace church who, who are willing to do that. If you are somebody who would love to have free coaching, uh, over the next couple of weeks or months or just an ongoing relationship with these folks, go to gracechurchus slash peer coaching and sign up because mm-hmm. those things right now, uh, people are signing up. I I've, I'm the guy that keeps keeps an eye on how many people are signing up and stuff. And so there are limited number of slots. So make sure you go do that. Um, but that's where you go. And also if you're somebody who says, I know a little bit about money and I I think God owns it all. And I could help some people like you can sign up on that page as well. Um, gracechurch.us slash peer coaching. There are two seminars coming up. One is, uh, what we're calling it financial planning seminar. Is that right?
1: Uh, yeah, it's, I think so. I think that's what it's called. Cause it's with financial planning ministry. Yeah.
0: And so if you're somebody who's like, who's put off the idea of creating a will or getting some other important things, uh, like estate planning and other things in order, uh, this is for you. This is a hundred percent free um for, for grace people. We've we've partnered with financial planning ministries and they're coming in to teach you how to do this, to help you do this. And so sign up for that. You can do that at gracechurch.us um slash the good life. And the final thing in um I think it's a, a next month, there's another seminar. If you are somebody who is just looking to um, spread your generosity if you are somebody who is in a in, in a more healthy financial situation and you're looking to make your generosity go further um there's a there's a seminar coming up from um Christian Financial Ministries
1: well it's three three men together who are in different okay uh, different places they work in different places but they've put this together as advisors who want to help um help the people of our church um i would say find a way to exponentially make their generosity go further and bring some it's really tax advantages to them yeah. if you use those so.
0: so these are three upcoming opportunities for for you to pay more attention to your financial uh plan or your 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 state of state of mind as you consider what contentment looks like during the good life so hope you get to do that Tim, thanks for this. Thanks for this, thanks for the sermon. Um, it's always good to have you up there and oh, speaking on this kind of thank stuff. You. So, thank you. Thank you. Um, so, you guys both brought in some songs, <laughs> uh, and. So Barry's not here. So he's not going to give us his music expertise, Right, but uh, it's gonna be I think the three of us can pull it off. <laughs> so we're doing the uh, songs Tyler's probably never heard of. Yes. And uh, Tim, you, you submitted, I, I was texting you earlier uh, just to make sure you were, I was hoping you were planning on coming in, which you were. And you, uh, you said, here's a song I've been thinking about sharing with the podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about what you got for us today?
1: Well, The reason I'm sharing it has almost nothing to do with the song itself. (laughs) It has to do with the fact that there was a moment in the history of uh, financial whatevers, uh, businesses, when uh, General Electric bought RCA and RCA divested, then they divested off their record label and our band was working with RCA. Your band. Yeah, when I was in cousins from Venus, we were working with uh, Greg Geller at RCA, and um, they let everybody go who was on what's called a demo deal, and they kept a band called Mister Mister, which I brought a song in by Mr. Mister Mister, <laughs> and.
0: Uh, you weren't I, too happy about that at the time, right?
1: I uh, I was sad. Yeah, but I didn't know Mister Mister. So then.
2: your your record label got bought out.
1: And, and then the new people the new dri- people cut every almost demo every, deals. they cut demo deals they cut anything that was in the works anything that wasn't making already lots of money but they kept Mr. Mister because they were about to bust open mm. and they knew it and but the point is for me is that the production on this song it almost mirrors the same kind of production that was happening with us as we worked with a different producer but with And every time I listen to this song, I hear us in the studio doing the same things that they ended up doing. And I always wonder, you know, it's like these small decisions. That wasn't a small decision, really. But somebody else made a decision that changed the entire direction of my life.
3: Mm.
1: And I've been thinking about that at my age. I've been thinking about what are the moments... That's a huge one in my life and it doesn't have anything to do with this song, but that a huge moment in my life that changed just overnight. It changed us from coming back from England and living in Fishers to coming back and living in Noblesville. And the difference is that by being in Noblesville as opposed to Fishers and it was just a single small decision that caused that. It changed the entire direction of our whole family's life because my kids ended up playing soccer in Noblesville and my daughter was on a team. She was probably only seven with the woman who had lived near me when I was growing up but was my wife's swim coach. She invited our kids to come swim on the Noblesville swim team. My son is a swim coach now of Wheaton College. My daughter got a full ride to USC as a world-class swimmer And my other daughter ended up working with the USA triathlon team in Colorado Springs. Why? Because they were swimmers. And there was not a chance that we would have seen that woman ever if we'd have not moved to Noblesville just on a whim. Now, when I think about the differences in our lives that would have happened if our kids had gone to Hamilton Southeastern as opposed to Noblesville and then Carmel, and the way that it would have worked with the swimming thing. And who they'd be today and where they would be able... I mean, mm. just almost everything about their lives were determined by that one moment. And and I think the same thing is true about this. One moment, a business deal went down and one guy made a decision and it impacted us and it changed the direction of everything because the band lost all of its steam. Mm-hmm. And I just, we all just went back to... So
0: then you heard Mr. Mister and you were like, these guys are terrible. No, these guys are (laughs) great. They're great. So you kind of got it.
1: I got it. Yeah. And the song, it's called Welcome to the Real World. It's about the guy's uh, child being born. is what It's about, but I don't listen to it about that. I listen to it because I can hear the machines whirling because (laughs) we use the same machines. Yeah. All right. Let's take a listen. Okay. I may have to run some commentary on it. (laughs) Notice how the no chords, it's all groove. And everything's trying to get all the Fairlight synthesizers in it. Everybody's pushing rhythms all around through it.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Big holes.
3: Listen to this
1: bridge. Listen to the drum Welcome
3: to the real world.
2: Great chorus To me, this sounds like 80s Mylon
1: Lefevre Well, it is 80s Now you got If you
0: brought this song to me And said this was Cousins of Venus I would have believed you
1: Listen to the sounds and hear their fair light sounds.
2: So even that wah, wah, wah is not an electric. It's not a wah, 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 wah,
1: It might be, but they sampled it and mm. We did a lot of that on our record. I know exactly what they're doing. we got to get... Can we listen to the song? The whole thing? Yeah. <laughs> half of a verse. I love this. Say, so just do a half of a second verse. Because they know what the, the chorus is the most important. Uh-huh. Right on the back side of the beat. Now, all the background voices are going to start being sampled. He has, it. listen to his soul here. But the background's all sampled. Yeah. Now, look up. now listen to him. It's just, I can see the producer going, pull that fair light in here and we'll get some bang, background <laughs> bang noise in it. Yeah. There's a lot going on. Oh, yeah. Wait till you hear the end. Now you'll hear the samples. Uh.
2: Cool layers. Hmm.
1: Now here's where I was talking to you earlier, Marin about the, the sequencer having a retard thing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Now listen to this. Oh, yeah.
3: Mm.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. So... Now, sh-
1: now, I know this is old music and it sounds dated and all that, but, like, it was at the very beginning of sequencers. Fairlight was the coolest of keyboards. How old were you, like 22? <laughs> no, I was probably 32. And we had been working a lot with InSonics and Roland and those people and all this stuff. And, yeah, and, and our producer, Kirk Butler, who was amazing, had just moved. He came out here to work with us from L.A., and so like th- that stuff, he was working in that circle with how they're using all that stuff to make a band sound like that. Yeah. And wow. And
0: so when that song comes out, you feel what, what is, what is your thought going through your head?
1: I'd like to see him live. That was the only thought that I had. I saw him. I saw him. Yeah. him. We got, I got to see him. Um, but I, my thought was this, they, um, they had one big hit and I don't, I mean, they're all musicians still with other people, but that it's like, I, I wasn't as good a musician as they were. And my life would have probably been far more complicated. And I think the letdown would have been much grander when our record didn't sell and we didn't have a big hit or we had one big hit and we had to play it everywhere we went. Yeah. <laughs> There's all this stuff that's bad about being a one hit wonder band. And, But they're just really good, and I can hear us in that music and wonder where my life would have gone if we'd have been the ones who got to make the big sound like they did. Do you
2: know? And you might know this, you might not. Do you know what any of the band members of Mr. Mister went on to do after they found success?
1: Yeah, they all are. They're all session players with huge bands. Yeah, like they go over the road or they're studio cats both they were all studio cats when they got together i think they were put together um i think they got together because they just knew each other and could play mm. i'm not sure i didn't i've never really looked into lots of details i know that the guy that wrote the songs and sang them he was a bit bitter about the fact that they fell off the map but um it's just a different thing and it's just like what would my life have been like if we'd have been the band that they said, okay, we're going to go with Cousins from Venus, this Mr. Mister Things it's not going to go.
2: Now, how 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 much time do you spend camping out on that thought? Because I go there all the time, especially given like the whirlwind that has been my life over the last two years. Mm-hmm. I think all the time. About,
0: man, if Vanessa Carlton just...
2: No. Oh, who? Like, had I stayed in Illinois? Like... How different would my kids' lives be? How different would my life be, especially as it pertains to being close to my mom and able to help out? And I, I go crazy thinking about that stuff, but I can't stay there long. And I usually give myself some sort of like, I look to the Ukraine trip right, as like, man, had I not come here and had I not gone there, then this wouldn't have happened and that wouldn't have happened. And that points to the sovereignty of God That even when my life is crazy and everything in my life currently is crazy, like people always sing about like the storm, like it's now it is (laughs) right the heck now that is the storm of my life. So I have to kind of find an anchor of like, okay, I could, I could, I could spend a whole lot of times on time on the what ifs, but it doesn't help me to do that. Like I have to, again, be grateful (laughs) and look at what God has done and and still is currently doing. And then that helps me like simmer down. <laughs> right.
1: I have the advantage of twice as much perspective as you have. Mm. I do think that for me, I have always preferred when there are big things that are coming up that other people get to, when other people get to make the decision about what happens to me, and they become what, like the kings in my life. And the, God, the proverb said that God can move the heart of the kings like mm-hmm. he can move the waters. Mm. And I always just pray, well, I do this as an exercise. Who are the kings in my life and what direction do I want them to move, God to move their hearts? But if, here's what I have to say I have to say to myself, cousins from venus did not get signed because there was an awful lot of stuff that god wanted to to protect me from and my children from Mm. and that did did i go to a new did i my life go to a completely new place absolutely and at the time was i happy about it no Mm. but now i can look back and see oh my goodness yeah oh my goodness what Because I have no way to know what would have happened had it gone the other direction. It could have been short-lived and ugly. Mm. Or or who knows? I don't know. And so, but I know what my life has been and I'm thankful for where it is. Mm. I didn't, I didn't do anything stupid to make it so that that happened. It just happened. People, somebody made a business decision. Mm Mm-hmm. And it changed the direction of my life. And I'm th- I'm thankful for it now. Mm. Hindsight. And now, you know, f- 20, 30 years later, I can listen to Mr. Mister and go, okay, they were better than we <laughs> were. <there." laughs> and, and, and probably better looking. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Marin, you brought one in.
2: I did. It's a total departure from synth mania. That is Mr. Mister. What is this? Complete and total departure. I think like i, I cuz i i talked to tim a little bit earlier about the song he was bringing and why he was bringing it and just kind of reflecting on his life this is not a me reflecting on my life song this is a every time i feel like this when my life feels crazy or when my my faith gets a little more complicated or my walk with christ gets complicated i always want to take it back to something totally simple just the simpler the better and for me that's one of my friends eric siemens um one of my favorite songwriters um just played a show in chicago a couple weeks ago sadly i missed it but yeah he's one of my favorite writers we're friends and i take i take these words and just let them wash over me and it helps me to just be rooted rooted nope rooted grounded yes okay
0: let's take a listen
2: A little soft. You might want to turn it up.
3: Sometimes I don't think I have you. You see that you have me. But when you're all that I've got, I find you're all I need. Break me down
0: and strip me bare. Be your name. So, you know this guy?
3: Mm-hmm. Purchase me from all worldly cares till only you remain.
0: Till only you remain, that's the name of the song. right? Mm-hmm.
3: Fade, fade away into nothing. Watch me, make me someday. I won't disappear. could have yeah. Yeah, we've I've like, heard
0: I've heard your songs, and especially the ones you've written for Grace, and this sounds like a Marin.
2: Yeah, we were playing music at the same time, kind of the mutual admiration, musician to musician, writer to writer, but for some reason, this album, it's all very stripped down like this. When I was in the studio recording my first full-length studio album, I had a producer out of Nashville who was just like throwing every track in there
0: like Hollywood it, it, your first full length studio full-length album studio you had a
2: producer who just had a different sensibility about music than I did and of course I was super young and didn't my voice didn't matter a whole lot so I would write these songs and in pre-production they'd get kind of fleshed out you know and then by the time we'd hit the studio there's stuff in there that I never intended to be in there lap steel guitar for one you know Just not my thing. So when I was in the studio, just watching music turn into craziness, I'd go home and listen to the White Stripes. Like for some reason, like when things are crazy and outside my control, I just, I want to listen to the most simple, purest thing possible. Yeah. Simple. Simplicity. (laughs) But these words, I wish I wrote these words because that is, that's like the prayer of my life. Like when everything is done, when everything, when my life, like the sum of my life, I just want it to yield God's glory.
0: Yeah. When it all fades away, that's what you want to be left. Mm Mm-hmm. worship artist or is he a just a christian guy um i
2: know him as just a christian guy but i think he does worship at his church i want to say he's from ooh, i think oklahoma i met him in chicago
0: nice yep simple Yeah, I uh, I realized one of my favorite bands from college released an album last year. And the reason I realized that is because for the first time in who knows how long, I was like, I don't want to listen to a podcast. <laughs> I just want to listen to music. And uh, it is, you're right. It is nice to just kind of go back and be like, I just need something simple mm-hmm. because life is super noisy. But yeah. Thanks for bringing those in guys. Yeah. Um, next week, Barry will be back. Amy Christie will be here and uh, she will join us uh, to talk about her sermon. She's speaking this week, coming weekend and she's speaking uh, specifically on contentment. So uh, it'll be good to have her back in here. So until then, Marin, if my uh, soundboard works, will you please do us the honors and send us out?
2: If your soundboard works. Yeah, if I, don't your soundboard I don't know if it's going to work.
0: It doesn't look like it's working.
2: Okay, so. I guess it'll just have to be the word of God then. Do it yep. justly. Love mercy and walk humbly with your God.
0: And we'll see you on the other side of Sunday.
2: Bam chicken. Well,
0: I'll put it in post. <laughs> <laughs>